0: and I still find ways to make myself uncomfortable because it's almost, uh, it's almost now I'm addicted to it. I'm like, okay, let me do this really hard thing, this new thing. Let me see what more I can do. Let me see what...
1: Once upon a time, there were tens of thousands of makers struggling. Every day, they built for hours and hours, but didn't ship and didn't earn enough income. One day, the No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter came to help them find the way. Because of this, makers became founders and earned the money they deserve. Because of this, founders can have growth, freedom, and wealth. Until tomorrow, No Code becomes the next big skill that changes the future of humanity. That's what I'm all about. Hello, my name is Abdulaziz, and from an ethical hacker to a European Ivy League business graduate, to a hypnotherapist, to a growth marketer, I've lost everything twice. And now I'm rebuilding my life one more time, 1% a day. The No Code Wealth podcast and newsletter are for the makers and founders who have the proactivity, perspective and persistence to go on this journey with me and get from experts the answers about money, marketing and mindsets so that makers become earners, earners become founders and founders get freedom and create wealth. And my guest today is a true superhero mom. Her name is Aisha Iqbal. And from Stanford University to Arriba Juntos, from overcoming the imposter syndrome to building a legacy for her beautiful daughter, from shifting a lack mindset into a wealth consciousness to creating profitable side hustles, Aisha has been through it all. And today we will discuss how you can build side hustle projects that earn new income even if you're stuck working a full-time job today, as well as creating heartfelt businesses for founders that want something that is authentic and that works. Aisha, how are you today?
0: I am well. Thank you so much for asking. And I have to say, hearing the enthusiasm in your voice when you said, I have lost it all twice and I am here to rebuild... I have to say that that inspired me. Those two seconds just inspired me so much. So thank you for that.
1: You're welcome. I mean, that's what really is we're here to do. We're here to be the person who can lose it once and twice and rebuild everything again so that we can believe in ourselves and overcome the imposter syndrome. And may I ask, what is the story that brought you to this point today where you're here helping people gone through a hero's journey to be here, able to give the elixir to the world. Can you tell us more about that?
0: Yes, I absolutely can. I'm so humbled by this. Um, I honestly say that the reason I am here, where I am, what I'm doing is all because of my beautiful daughter. I I, decided to become a different person, a better version of myself when I found out that I was pregnant with a little girl. I was elated beyond imagination when I found out that it was a little girl because I just, you know, it's just, I guess I'm not biased, but me being a daughter myself and a sister and a a niece and all those things and all those wonderful roles that I've played, I was I was finally happy that I was going to have a similar role in my life, but it, it also quickly made me put the mirror in front of myself. And I realized that if I want my daughter to be a strong, confident woman, person, human in this world, that I needed to be that person first. And that is literally when my journey started. She was still in my, in my stomach. And I, I started doing the really hard things that come with trying to make yourself better. Um, and, and anyone that's been on this journey knows that these learnings come at a great price because you don't learn from the really easy things and the really happy things you can, but not, not, um, not as much as you can learn from the really hard things and the really, uh, difficult and sad and, and, and all of those areas. And so... It was a it was a place of great discomfort for me, and, I, and I'm still in a place of discomfort. My daughter is four years old now, and I still find ways to make myself uncomfortable because it's almost uh, it's almost now I'm addicted to it. I'm like, okay, let me do this really hard thing, this new thing. Let me see what more I can do. Let me see what you know what more I can learn because along this journey, I've also shared these back with everyone that anyone that will listen to me right is just i'm so excited by my own journey i like to share and then i hear other people saying thank you so much for sharing this i've learned so much from you this has helped me in this way in my life and i'm actually fulfilling everything that i that i dreamt for myself when i was a child i mean as i was a, when i was a kid i dreamt of helping the world I know it's a very ambiguous thing and it's a very pie in the sky thing, but I really did. I, I, you know, my family moved around a lot. So I've lived in Indonesia, I've lived in Sudan and I've seen, you know, I've seen some really hard things. I've seen poverty and the most extreme poverty and growing up and seeing that as a kid, my heart just went out to, to every, to all those people that I saw and I would pray for them and I was a child. And so now that I'm able to, you know, come i'm i'm 42 years old now and and i'm and i'm doing things that can help other people realize their dreams i it's such a blessing to be in in this position
1: that's beautiful i heard so many great things that you mentioned there whether what is called in the hero's journey the inciting incident that changes everything which is you getting pregnant with your daughter or other things like you traveling and seeing all over the world people that your heart melted to see and now returning and being in touch with humanity my understanding about you is that you are somebody who has strong family values who values connection and the we and the whole and humanity as a whole and you'd like to help them is this absolutely
0: yes absolutely it's um i I come from you know mashallah a large family and it's it, it has helped me understand that how we are similar and how we are also different right and and when i look around at the world today i see that many times people are focused more on our differences rather than our similarities And I remember during one one Ramzan, I was talking and during the Muslim fasting month, I was talking to my nephew. We were having one one of our standard deep conversations. I I love speaking to my nephew about very deep uh, topics. And I was talking to him about this, about how we as a people, you know, all over the world are more similar than anything else. I was just like, let's say we believe in aliens And let's say that one day there's a there's a flying saucer out in the sky and the alien is looking down down at us. They're not going to see, oh, there's a land of brown people and they're Muslim and Jewish or Christian. They're just going to look at the entire planet and say, look, humans live there. I said, so why can't we take that perspective of each other every day that we are humans? we are connected. We are all on the same journey. We, we want to live. We all want to live. We all want to live well. So why not? Why can't we do this together with each other?
1: I agree with you. It reminds me of the quote, be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. That's and, right. Uh, we didn't begin, you know, uh, we're going to talk about the side hustle, uh, hustles and that's very important. But I believe you can have a really, really important perspective on being a parent who is also a hardworking person and a business founder and somebody who is an entrepreneur and all that. What is your perspective, philosophy, and the values you try to ingrain in your daughter and nephew and all the parts of the next generation? And what advice would you give to somebody who's a business owner who has that onus of making money and helping people and moving the needle and also making quality time for their kids to raise them well in your own opinion
0: I I think first and foremost what what I try to relay to everyone that I speak to and I, and I and I do and I try very hard to show this by example as well, that I always start with me. And coming from the culture that I come from, you know, a woman's role is largely to be of service to others, to be of service to her family, to be of service to her children. And it is an unpopular, it's an unsaid and unpopular belief that the woman should take care of herself first. And that is my perspective that everyone needs to start from themselves. Make sure you are okay. Make sure you are feeling well. Make sure you are rested, you're fed, you are joyful. Because when you start from that place, then everything that you do will be that much better. Every person that you interact with from that place, you will spread that to them. And and people feel energy. And so I see this with my daughter. And I have, a, I have a daily routine that I try to maintain. I, I get up two hours before she wakes up. And in that two hours, I pray, I journal, I have my hot cup of coffee, I, I'll watch some TV, and then I'll daydream outside the window. Whatever it is, whatever I decided to in those two hours or one hour even, it's time for me. So by the time she's awake, she has a fully present and joyful mother. And I am so happy to see her when she wakes up. And I greet her with that same joy and she feels it. Now on the days that I'm unable to do that, and I have to wake myself up and energize myself while my daughter is waking up, it's a little bit harder. I am a bit crankier and, you know, she gets a different mother. And so on those days that I'm not rested and I'm stressed, you know, all of that comes through in my actions with my daughter. So that is why I have to make sure that I'm good, that I'm starting from a place where I feel light. Because if I don't, then that gets transferred into every interaction that I have then.
1: I love that. It reminds me of, um, there is a book written by a Microsoft executive on productivity called uh, Getting Results the Agile Way. And he talks about power hours. That when you're fully recharged and taking care of yourself, you can do in one hour what would normally take you four or five. So it's not about how long you keep on going and going on a dry and empty tank. It's more Mm -hmm. about taking care of yourself so that you can do more and be more because your business, your success, the money, whatever doesn't exist without you if you're running dry. There is nothing there to to happen no no matter how many hours you work. And therefore, let's move on. I know you had a lot of experience both working in businesses as well as, you know, working to begin your own uh, side hustles that will support your family and support your financial uh, freedom and all that. Can you tell me about two things? One... What was that first moment where you discovered and came across this idea of start and a side hustle and decided, okay, I'm going to go for it. This is serious. And second thing, what lessons and challenges did you overcome and learn along the way?
0: It's, that's it's a great question. And it's always, um, it's always a good reminder for me from where I started. So when I was six months pregnant, I was laid off from my job and being an unmarried mother, I was the the head of household and the single supporter for myself. And now that I was pregnant, I was just like, okay, now do I, I need to find a full-time job so that I can have work so I can have maternity benefits, all those things. But then as I, as I progressed and when I heard, you know, advice being given to me saying, don't tell future employers that you're pregnant when you're interviewing, you know, they may not hire you, they may discriminate. And so having to go into these interviews, um, I wasn't showing at that time, but I was still uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, I, I, being, an, being a six month pregnant woman, it's, you know, you, you do start feeling discomfort and having to sit there for an entire hour, I'm sweating and, and clothes aren't fitting well. And I'm, and I'm here trying to present my best self in an interview. I just couldn't do it anymore. I I couldn't lie about my situation. And it was then that I decided, I was like, you know what, I I won't look for a full-time job now. I will, I will reach out to my uh, network on LinkedIn and see if I can find some project work to do. Um, I have, I have a good cushion in my savings. I'll rely on that. Um, I had a severance package and, and I was just like, you know what? I think I can carve out my own maternity leave. So that was my first time ever exploring, you know, outside of full time work, because previous to that, my work ethic had very much been my work will be in the office. I have to go into the office and I will stay there as long as I need to to get my work done, because when I come home, home is home. I will not bring any work home. So it was it was a big change for me. To, because now my home was also my office and I was trying to do work and, and it was a big shift for me. But that's when I really started exploring what I call the flexible work uh, realm. But the real thought of having a side hustle really started when I actually did start a full-time job. My my I finally found a job. My daughter was seven months old at the time. And... It was the first time I was leaving the home and it broke my heart because, you know, my daughter was still still so young and I was leaving her in the care of someone who's not me, right, and it was a nanny and, and bless her for being there because it was, she was, she's been a great help, but I wanted to be at home with my daughter. And what made these feelings even more stronger were the fact that I was working in a toxic work environment. So the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, why the hell am I doing this? These people don't even really appreciate me. I'm spending all these hours away from my baby girl for what? And so it was at that point when I started exploring, I'm like, what can I do? And this, is, this was my first, my first um, offense against my imposter syndrome. Because having to sit down and then figure out like, hey, what am I good at? Or what does the world need? Answering that first question of what am I good at was so difficult. Because in my head, the voice was so loud saying, no one needs what you have, you need to stick with a full time job, there's nothing you can do on your own, this and that, this and that. But finally, I was able to work past that and actually made a list of the things that I'm good at. And Where it netted out to was, you know, given my decades, years, decades of experience in managing people and developing people and mentoring and and this and that at work and coupled with my analytic background, I said, you know what, I think I could coach people because at that point, this was like 2018, I would say or end of 2017. That's when I really started seeing life coaching and career coaching kind of being, you know, really big trends in the industry at that time. I said let, let me let me try my hand at it. And so from I mean long story short from my first start of you know researching, you know looking into what career coaching is and and seeing that so many people were certified in this and I wasn't, how was I going to work around that? So from that start to the time that I actually landed a client, it was about 6 weeks. I found someone from at that time well, he worked at LinkedIn. So this was a big deal for me because he was a white man who worked at LinkedIn mid-management and he wanted me to coach him. And it was a huge confidence booster because within another six weeks, I was able to, to help him reach the goals that he'd identified for our work. And I cannot tell you how amazing it made me feel. That was the turning point when I started to see and realize that I can help people and I can get paid to help people, and I have to say that that is really what launched me into everything else that I have done to date. It was that confidence boost um, that that has now that has me here, you know, where I am today.
1: I love that story. I mean, thinking back at it. It's almost the same to me that my mom, when she was pregnant, my father divorced and left and therefore I guess I was born, (laughs) and lost everything then, that's the third time, (laughs) it was even before I was alive, but it's not, I'm not, I'm I'm not like, you know, somebody who's thinking, oh I'm a victim or whatever, I don't believe in that. It's (laughs) just interesting how life tests tests us multiple times and we have to be like a phoenix who rises back from the ashes, and that thing you talked about, which is very, very true. The French say, you know, "La petite vient au manjon," which is, you know, uh, is a metaphor, but it means that, in this sense, you get confidence by seeing results, by seeing the gratitude of people, by seeing people change and transform because of something you did, which is irrefutable evidence, it's preponderance of proof, as the lawyers would say, that you're worth it and you're okay. Can you tell us, too, some stories about people who you have helped that were so grateful they had to tell you, oh, this is my story, this is what happened, thank you so much, like two or three uh, of such stories that move your heart?
0: Sure, absolutely, and I'm so I'm so grateful to even have those stories in place, right? And so, just today, I I got an Instagram message from a mother that was part of my beta life coaching program at the end of the year last year. So I started with this um, with a life coaching program specifically for mothers to help them. These are the mothers who 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 enjoy being moms who are blessed to be moms but they know that they need that there's something more that they want to do. Being a mother isn't just everything for them. So she went through that beta program and just today she sent me a message saying I I have some news to tell you but I'm going to wait until I'm 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 sure of this, I have more detail but I really I really hope that I'm successful at this. And she said and because this is all because of, you know, working with you and your belief in me. And and hearing that, hearing that, you know, just it, all I, for me, right, from my perspective, all I did was give her the space to share her thoughts and her dreams and her beliefs with me. And I gave her the tools to explore that, to dive into herself a bit more. And so that is... I am always so grateful to hear stories like that. And then there's another mother who went through my beta coaching program as well. And she is now going to start her own coaching program because I helped her finally realize, find, I helped her uh, cultivate the confidence that she needed to actually take the steps to do that. And then um, I, I was also, again, just today, I was on a call with a with a young woman that I used to manage um, at work a few years ago, and she's been on and on uh, on and off contact with me. I'm I'm her unofficial mentor, and she wants to start a podcast. and And so she reached out to me. She said, "Hey, how did you start your podcast?" And you know, she started asking me questions. She was like, "Thank you so much. You know, you always you always know the right way to help me feel less anxious." and less stressful and more confident in myself. And it, again, it's just like hearing hearing from other women, from other young women, you know, that they are feeling more confident to, to take these scary steps that they may not have taken. It brings joy to my heart because I, that is what I want for my daughter, right? I want her to be fearless in her approach to the world. And if I'm doing this for other women, I really hope that by example, I'm doing this for my daughter as well.
1: I love that. So in many ways, every single person that you transform into what you wish women would be is in a way a symbol of what you want for your daughter. And I love too how you said that woman who you are the unofficial mentor for her, it's your energy That gives her the energy to feel okay. And even before, when you said that you believed in that first example, mom, so that she took the steps forward, it reminds me that in therapy they say that 70% of your success comes only from a few things. And these two things are listening and believing in your patient. That is just those two are huge, and humans are starved for having somebody who is fully present giving them the space to express themselves, because most people are just waiting with a point for the other person to finish speaking so that they show how, what their point is, that they're not really listening. But we need that. We need people to believe in us so that we believe in ourselves. And we lead people to listen so that we matter. And to ask you more, since you're an expert on this, I am curious, what is to you the metaphor of coaching, the meaning of coaching, the purpose of coaching, the need for coaching, the whole thing? Because what happens is when you work with something more and more, it changes from a process, into a perspective and therefore I would like to know your perspective on what coaching is and how it works in general.
0: Sure, absolutely. Um, The approach that I take to coaching is, is one first and foremost that yes, I'm the coach but by no means do I know everything. Every person that I coach, I look at them as my teacher, every person that I mentor, I look at them as my teacher because I have so much more to learn and every single body in this world, every person has something to teach. And while I am coaching someone, number one, you have you made such a great point about listening and what a difficult skill it is to have because I've been that person very much in my whole entire career. I, I, used, I used to think that I need to sound the smartest. I need to make the first point. I need to be the expert in the room. So whenever someone was speaking, I was already coming up with rebuttals or responses or, or you know, finding facts in my head. So and waiting for that point of silence so that I could come in and and quickly bring that in, but what coaching other people has helped me do is is hone in on that skill, is become a better listener, allow for that space and that silence for people to kind of feel uncomfortable with, but yet explore. And One thing that's helped a lot with that is meditation. Like during namaz, I treat, uh, I mean prayer, I I treat that as a meditation for myself um, to stay to stay quiet. Because I am practicing, then listening to myself, whatever the voices that comes. So my perspective on coaching is just as much as I'm the one who's doing the coaching and the teaching. It very much is a cycle of learning. It's a cycle that you know, the the the, the line between the student and the teacher becomes blurred, and we can all just learn from each other at that point. And I I, I and I treat every conversation that I have, everything I read, everything, as as a source for learning my coaching evolves based on what i watch, what i read, who i've spoken to and and that's what i love is that this is an evolving practice for me and that's why that's why i enjoy doing it, that's why i want to continue doing it because it's i don't want to say it's just fun but it is very fulfilling to my to my to my being
1: well it needs to be i remember there is a quote about if you do what you're passionate about you won't work a single day in your life and if it's that's fun right. it should be it's not wrong and to ask you so you're helping in your beta program women become coaches or what do they work on that you're coaching them through
0: and so it's i think that's what is the beautiful part of this it's it's very much a mindset training or coaching if you if you would like it's there's no set product that you would be ready to deliver or that that you'd be ready to build. The product is essentially you. And so these are women that I know, or they know that there's something more that they want to do. It's either they want to write a book, they want to become a blogger, they want to become a coach, or they just want to have better relationships with their friends and their family. Um, Because just, just by, becoming whole in yourself. And the whole premise is that when we become mothers and when women become mothers, it's like their role their their role in the world immediately changes overnight. And not because we feel different about who we are, it's that the world sees us very differently. And then so it's their expectations that get put on us that, hey, you're a mom now. Your entire world needs to be about your child. There's like, after, after I became a mom, I, I felt like I lost Aisha. I was now only Elisa's mom. And that and that felt that felt very incomplete to me because up until then that means that I lost 38 years of my life in the blink of an in the blink of an eye and now my story was just I'm Elisa's mom and that is That is the passion that I knew that was still inside me. And I was like, there's more to my story than this. I love being her mom, but there is more to Aisha than just this. And that's who I wanted to explore. And through my program, that is what I wanted to encourage these other mothers to explore as well. Who are you? Who are you now? You know, who were you then? Who have you transformed into now? Now with this learning, what will you do? How much further will you go? What will that look like?
1: I love it. And I guess we didn't speak much about side hassles, but we spoke about the person and the perspective and the views and the reasons and beliefs and mindsets for success of Aisha. And I believe that is even more valuable because anybody can Google a list of like top 20 side hassles in 2021 i'm sure (laughs) they can find many (laughs) but to know from you and understand your perspective and understand those shifts in mindset that is true power right there you can we can fill our heads with information but unless we have the right shift in perspective that puts us and launches us into action it just stays potential to me people say knowledge is power no knowledge is potential power right. is when you turn knowledge into action and where can people find more about you learn more from you participate hear from you that you know what projects are you involved in what are you coming up with next and where can people find you aisha
0: oh absolutely this is it's so exciting um I would direct everyone to my Instagram. It, it is at Aisha Iqbal, A-I-S-H-A-H, I-Q-B-A-L. That is where I start all of my communications about everything that I'm doing. Uh, my newest uh, venture is I am taking my mindset coaching to a new platform on December 16th that's called Uspired. Um, so it's just like, it's like the IG lives, the video, but um, it'll it'll be on that platform. And what I'm so excited about is that it'll allow me to reach many more people. And that has always been my dream is, is to is, is to reach as many people as I can to help as many people as I can. Um, and in that in that in that vein, I'm also working on season two of my podcast. It's called A Story and a Chat. It can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. And it's the premise of that is I talk about topics that should be important to everybody. Uh, in season one, I explored things like what is the big deal about love? Are teachers really is is it really a thankless profession? Do women leaders suck? You know, things like that. So it sounds like ridiculous questions, but it delves into really important topics. And season two will cover things like food scarcity, um, women as business owners. Is shame good for society? I'm very excited about getting these conversations out into the world.
1: I love it. Those to me seem very exciting as well. And I will put all the links to your Uh, instagram and hopefully to your new platform and to your podcast in the description for this episode i thank you for your time and to the listeners if you rate and review this podcast you get from me as a gift it's a, a 2021 you know blessing hopefully it will be much better than 2020 Mm -hmm. One hour of consultation on your business to find ways to increase revenue, get more clients and find the things that are not working, but that are stressing you and how to replace them or get rid of them. So less stress, more of the fun (laughs) stuff and extra revenue as business should be, because in, in life, people think there are rules. That they should follow and the only rule is what keeps you consistent and you can only be consistent when you do something that you're passionate about you do what you love and make it work so good day to you aisha good day thank you so much thank you and goodbye